And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I am Eric Harley. It's quiet quitting or maybe not so (laughs) quiet quitting in the Senate Friday. (laughs) Gary, how are you? <laughs> Good. Wow. Well, now, speaking of the uh, the Senate, we'll get to that story here in just uh, a little bit uh, about Joe Manchin. Yeah, may quit the Democratic Party. So we'll get to uh, we'll get uh, to uh, uh, that. Also coming up here in a little bit. Here's Comer uh, yesterday right. on uh, Fox News. All right. Yeah, this is always going to end with the Bidens. Uh, coming in front of the committee. Uh, We are going to subpoena the family. I mean, we're putting the case together to win in court. Obviously, with all the opposition and obstruction we're getting from the Biden attorneys now, uh, we know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Biden. So we're putting together a case. There you go. Uh, What also came out of yesterday on that? Something just popped out of my mind. I can't remember what it was. Uh, we'll figure it out, uh, but we'll we'll get to that uh, complete story as uh, we always do. Nikki Haley signs the pledge. You saw that, <laughs> yeah? Okay, she signed the yeah. uh, the 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 pledge. And interesting, you know, Trump says he won't sign the pledge, but when he signed up that he's going to be part, you know, of the South Carolina primary, mm-hmm. he signed the pledge there. Hmm. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to that. But I think the big story yesterday, and I was just reading it before we went on the air. Is the and it's a uh, well, it's a it's it's a few days old here, but uh, the uh, uh, the story about Clarence Thomas supporters wanting the New York Times to retract the story uh, that Clarence Thomas allegedly received a Super Bowl ring from uh, from Jerry Jones, mm-hmm. and they said no, it was actually a fake ring. You know, it's only worth eleven bucks, and I understand the concern because you think about it, a Super Bowl ring the Dallas Cowboys would be considered such a valuable antique. Well, it'd be, what, 30 years old almost? <laughs> it's like so getting, it's, getting, some, it's like, like getting something no, that, from a pharaoh's if were, tomb. If it were real, it could be priceless. You know, this, this whole thing, by the way, uh, 
over and over again. What did I see the other day? Oh, oh, uh, that he his RV was financed apparently the way he you know because he talks about his RV a lot. I actually had a I have a, a friend who passed away a few years ago who had heard that Justice Thomas was into RVing. My friend was a trucker, so he wrote him a letter. Then all of a sudden he gets this call from Clarence Thomas's office, and they talk for over an hour about things they'd like to do on the road and the whole thing and, you know, his RVing and, and all that. And it's I think it's been widely known. He's talked about it before. And then the other day it was, uh, what was it? It was something, I'm trying to remember the exact headline because it was about who financed it for him. Oh, it was financed by someone else. In other words, he didn't finance it. He didn't pay cash for it. Well, that's the definition of financing, isn't it? That somebody else is is financing. It means somebody else is funding your financing, whether it's a bank or an individual. That's what financing means. And the entire headline implied that he was wrong for borrowing the money or getting it financed through an individual. They're just throwing everything they can at Clarence Thomas. I don't think anybody cares. Nobody cares. There's there's not a buzz. They've been doing this, and I don't sense a buzz anywhere except inside the Democratic beltway. I don't see... I, I don't see any of that. I, I expect them all to have friends, whether they're rich or poor. You know, um, my friend that had the hour-long conversation with him was not anywhere close to rich. He was very successful as a truck driver, but he wasn't a rich guy. How many of them have rich friends? Bernie Sanders is a multimillionaire now. I mean, how far do we want to take all this from the left when they point at someone? And by the way, by your own standards, how are you guys not the most racist people on the planet? Actually, by any standard. And it's over and over and over again. And they just, and and from the beginning, have hated Clarence Thomas. And over and over again, they throw whatever they can at him. And this whole financing the RV thing was just, it was stupid. It went nowhere. It got zero play on social media, like almost none. And, but this is, this is what they do. Just throw everything at, uh, at him and see what sticks. You know, how dare we have somebody uh, who is an independent thinker? I mean, you know, you, you had um, Elizabeth Warren. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm against fraudulent behavior. And, uh, and uh, hey, how about that Supreme Court, huh? Yeah. It's not going anywhere. I mean, it's... Nope. It, it's, it's No, it isn't. You know, and then the, like I said, the one with the uh, the, 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 the the Dallas Cowboy ring. Uh, it's like, well, it didn't. If you're, let's put it this way. If you're going to make a big deal out of Justice Thomas, then you have to make it a big deal. To be consistent, you would have to make a thousand time bigger deal, a hundred thousand time bigger deal, a million times bigger deal with the whole Biden situation, and that's that's the problem that they have. You can bring these things up, and it's like, yeah, well, was he selling access? 
did is there a particular case where he would have voted in a different direction? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for example, if if uh, uh, Planned Parenthood, let's give an example of where there would be a problem for a Supreme Court justice like Clarence Thomas. If Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, if they uh, bought Clarence Thomas an RV, yeah, and then Clarence Thomas voted against reversing Roe v. Wade, you would have a legit complaint because his entire life, you know where he has stood on Roe v. Wade legally. Right. So you would have a point there. Uh, Otherwise, there there is no point if you're talking about uh, a friend, you know, giving you a, you know, giving you a loan. Uh, So. Well, it happens all the time uh, when when people want to get rid of something and they don't really want to sell it, they they don't want to go through the process. They find a friend or a family member that wants to buy it and they'll, they'll finance it for them. And on something, uh, this RV apparently is worth a, over a quarter of a million dollars. I mean, it's a, it's a big fancy, one of the bus type RVs. I mean, it's very nice, but that's something that, most people are not going to be able to afford without financing and having the seller financing is nothing new. The question would be, was it given to him? Was it lent to him? You know, the whole thing. I don't believe it. I don't believe it was the seller that gave him the loan. Um, I don't know. Yeah. They didn't make that clear in the, in the one article that I'm reading. And, but it's a friend. It's a Anthony Welders who was a friend of his. Right. Okay, so he was not the owner of the RV. We know that no, for sure. Uh, from what I don't see it at all. Okay, in, in uh, the they implied the I first read. story implied that it was the owner of the RV that did the seller finance, and well, maybe it was. I, I just yeah. don't see it in this story. So then the you know where it began this whole spending time on someone's boat, and if you think about this. You've got a, a huge boat. The whole idea is having friends and, and people close to you and on that boat. Tell me where Clarence Thomas gets some kind of uh, benefit from being on a boat, on a friend's boat. Well, the thing is, anything that they bring up, again, I think the problem politically uh, for the Democrats, again, is everything that you throw, for example, at... Uh, a Clarence Thomas, all you have to do is say, look at the president. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem that they have. Right. And it isn't really going anywhere. You know, I like I said, I see I the only, and I wouldn't even call it a buzz, but the only people talking about it are very inside the Beltway Democrats. It's not something that the American public is talking about at all. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's just not a concern. So, yeah, but uh Inflation ticks up. Well, driven by shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Housing costs. Those and and keep in mind, uh, according to the uh, the the analysis done by the private sector, the owners of the the apartment uh, complexes, uh, in fact, a great deal of them. 
they're they have been talking about this for months, saying that when we get the the inflation numbers, that those rent numbers that that they use in the inflation numbers are lagging. So now, are we going to see this tick up throughout the summer? Uh, because the analysis done was that they're they could be as much as six months behind the real numbers, which would mean that those housing numbers would continue to impact the inflation numbers uh, if they're just now catching up for the next several months, uh, possibly throughout the year. Let me correct myself so I don't make the mistake that Democrats are doing the inflation. Inflation is up and it's Mm -hmm. up every month, Mm -hmm. but the inflation rate Mm -hmm. ticked up. Yes. Right. So. Uh, And. um, You know, it. You you look at it and you say, okay, does this mean that the Fed is going to continue to raise rates? Will they do it again? And I don't know. Did you see the president president regrets calling it the Inflation Reduction Act? Mm-hmm. Well, how could you not? I know because it, it was stupid from the beginning. It, it increased. It didn't. De- As we said, it should have been the Inflation Increasing Act. Right. We support inflation. It means people are spending more money. (laughs) At least stick with that. We're okay with inflation because people are are, are spending more money. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a a ton of them where you just go, okay, that's a. Uh, you're really going to you're really going to go with that. That was one of their first. Remember that mm-hmm. inflation is good because people are spending more money. Well, and then Biden said one time, um, I don't remember if he was sitting in the Oval Office or where he was. He was at the White House and he said, I can't believe I just found out what the price of a pound of hamburger. <laughs> it's like, dude, are you trying to sound out of touch? Are you trying to win your out-of-touch merit badge from the Boy Scouts. I mean, you're really, really talking too much. You're really saying well, too many things. Well, the thing is, <laughs> in in stating that he regretted doing it, he lied. Mm-hmm. Because he said, I wish I hadn't called it that. It has less to do with reducing inflation than it does uh, providing for alternatives that generate economic growth. Which, of course, is ridiculous because he's talking about... Bidenomics and people are actually starting to talk about what's Bidenomics, and mm-hmm. I think we called it early on. Mm-hmm. Bidenomics is simply the fact of the government taking your taxpayer dollars right. to put it into businesses that can't make a profit on its own. That the consumer is not there is no there is not a demand for that product, so that company can make a profit, and so the government simply subsidizes it. But he says. Uh, you know, the uh, it uh, provide the alternatives that generate economic growth, Biden said during an appearance. Uh, and so we're now in a situation where if you look at what we're doing in the Inflation Reduction Act, we're literally reducing the cost of people being able to make, a, well, their meet their basic needs. That's a lie. Mm. Yeah, that's an absolute lie. It doesn't do that. So in stating that he regrets the first lie, he justifies, doesn't justify it. I won't say justify, but... He tries to justify it with it, another lie. Yeah, yeah, he tries to justify it with another lie. Yeah. Which is just like... Well, it's like the, all the green energy stuff that they put in there. 
Look at all this. Listen, if you'll just go spend a hundred grand you can on see. solar panels, you'll right. save two grand. And and if you buy an electric vehicle for seventy thousand dollars, and you'll save seven thousand. Wow! Wow! Jeez, that's a, well. Thank you so much. Right. But see, that's what he views as basic needs: an electric car right. and solar panels on your roof. Right. Well, they need to pump as much money as they can into these companies that are going bankrupt. There's the need. Yeah, there's another one that went bankrupt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's over and over again, the business model. Ford is screaming, hello, anybody anybody else going to lose $4 billion this year on EVs? Did you see the call because of the problems with the grid? We need to be able to take all these electric vehicles. Yeah. And because we're going to have problems, and so we right. need to take all the electric vehicles and hook them up to the grid, and that will be the solution to keep the grid operating. Yeah, they're out of right. Their, they're out of well, their freaking minds. I'm the, sorry. If, if they're <laughs> already uh, getting closer and closer to controlling your thermostat at home, tell me they won't be controlling charging stations. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it would. It would be rationing. Sorry, you can't charge on a Tuesday. Sorry, you can't charge on a Tuesday or Thursday. Oh yeah, that that will happen. Yeah, there's there's no way right. it won't. If those there's... mandates all went into effect. There's no way you would be able to support all the vehicles on the road. But I saw that story. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, we're okay. We're not going to have enough power. And so uh, we got to come up with a way where we can connect a couple of million electric cars to the grid. And then on these bad days, mm. uh, it can keep the grid going. Right. Yeah, that's a solution. Sure. What idiots. I. It's, you know, it's delusional thought. And it never, mm. ever stops. 86690 Red Eye. Keep your engine humming in the heat this summer by keeping up with preventive maintenance. Think your PM is complete after your oil is changed? Think again. There's grease, transmission fluids, and gear oil to consider too. Clean gear oil, for example, extends gear, bearing, and seal life. It also protects against low speed, high torque wear, and high speed scoring. That means not only longer equipment life and reduced maintenance costs, but also improve fuel economy and lower operating costs. So the next time you plan for your oil change purchase, don't neglect lubrication and inspection, especially on components and parts that work hard to keep your vehicle running safe and smooth. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That 
is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Another one that they can't win. And we'll get into all these topics here in more detail, but I just saw this one. Mayor Adams blames border states for creating migrant funnel to New York City. Mm. Well, no. <laughs> it's the policy of the federal government. Yeah. The federal government would do their job if Biden would do his job. Well, well, then the border the border states would have nothing to do with uh, sending anybody anywhere that they wish to go. In fact, they're copying what the federal government was doing long before they were doing it. The federal government was putting people on planes yeah. and sending them all across the country before uh, the governors of border states were doing that. Mayor Eric Adams on Thursday blamed border states for creating a funnel that sends... Uh, migrants and illegal immigrants to New York City. We've created a funnel, he said on CBS Mornings. All of the bordering states uh, took the funnel right to New York City. New York Mm. City is the economic engine of the entire state and country. If you decimate this city, you're going to decimate the foundation of what's happening. So now the border states are responsible for decimating the major liberal cities yeah. across the country. Right, yeah. <laughs> the uh, sanctuary policy. The, the sanctuary cities. Right, yeah. The, the cities yeah. that said, please. It's the border states that right. are doing it. Yeah. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Then I see this story here, Dada Gaga. Uh, Papa Gaga. Papa Gaga. Papa Gaga mm-hmm. uh, is uh, angry because migrants are ruining his, uh, his, his uh, the headline. <laughs> Lady Gaga's dad, angry migrants are ruining his fancy New York City neighborhood. Hmm. All right. Uh, he uh, he said, uh, and here we have more proof that uh, Governor Abbott's brilliant decision to ship these. Uh, this is John Nolte running this uh, uh, migrants uh, in the thousands to blue cities like New York is pure genius. Believing its distance from the border would protect it forever from the consequences of being a sanctuary city. Uh, New York City smugly declared itself a sanctuary city. Abbott, who was dealing uh, with uh, Joe Biden opening the border, said, "Okay, if you want them, 
you got him. Hmm. And that's exactly what has happened here. And now Adams is screaming and just talks about how upset uh, Dada Gaga is. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, But uh, and then Adams screaming yesterday that this is the fault of the border states sending them. And as you mentioned, the federal government has been sending them even before this. Remember, they were doing it middle of the night. They were sending migrants. Yeah to yeah. new york city right. so uh, it, and and the democrats didn't say a word about it in fact pretended like it wasn't happening uh never complained about it and now they're having to deal with it in these major cities the way that um border towns and border states have been uh, uh plagued by this problem for a long long time it, it's you know you look at the we've talked about it over the years like the hospitals along the border, uh, they get hit very hard. Uh, they have to treat individuals that come in there, and they don't. They don't get, of course, their cost reimbursed. They don't get any of the bills paid, and this has been going on for a long, long time. I would love to see what the impact is, and on because, as we mentioned yesterday, you know, a, a town like Del Rio or Laredo, any of them, much smaller, and they are not equipped to handle, they don't have the capacity that a a New York City does. By the way, none of them, big or small, should be dealing with this because our borders should be airtight. Now, that may sound like a pipe dream, but that should be the goal. Of course it should be the goal. And one thing you don't see because local television, has been local television. I know in New York, in western New York, I've been paying attention to it where my dad lives. They've been talking about the number of migrants that are taking over hotels. Yeah. And the local yeah. TV stations are trying to find out where they are, mm-hmm. and they're trying to, the, the government's trying to hide it, you know, where they don't want people to know that, okay, we've got 300 people that have completely dominated this hotel, you know, that have come in, migrants that completely have sold out this hotel. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and so uh local stations are on to it and I have not seen any local station interviewing anyone that has blamed Governor Abbott for it. Every time I see an interview and and these local stations are liberal stations, people are complaining about the fact that Biden has opened borders because you can't Logic dictates, critical thinking dictates, well, the border cities, why are they sending them up here? You know, how is that happening? Why Why are these thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of migrants, how are they in the country? Are the border states, did Governor Abbott allow them in? Well, no, Governor Abbott's trying to stop this from going on. Yeah. It's Biden. And so when you have whether it would be uh, the the mayor of Chicago, uh, Pritzker, Newsom, or uh, or Adams, Mayor Adams in New York City, when they blame the border states or or bl- try to blame, remember they were trying to blame DeSantis, yeah, but now they're on you know Abbott. You get the opposite. People go, I understand why they're doing it because mm-hmm. they're the federal government's just inundating these border cities that are way smaller. And then you make the point that all the cities 
that the migrants are being sent to, every single one of them is a sanctuary city. Yeah. They not only said, you know, look, come here if you're illegal, because I still see you have a significant number of of conservative writers saying these are illegal immigrants that are being sent. There may be some in there, but the vast majority are legal. And they're legal because right. they've gotten the approval of it. So right. that's that's a big and, and and so there may be some illegal immigrants in there, but technically until they don't show up for their court date ten years from now, yeah, they're right. technically legally in the country mm-hmm. and still the xenophobia from New York City and Chicago and Newsom and, and Adams is really quite startling, quite ironic, since they are sanctuary cities that have stated that even if you're an illegal immigrant or if you're an illegal immigrant criminal, we will protect you from the federal government. You have, well, what's the definition of sanctuary? You have sanctuary here we will protect you. We will take care of you. Yeah. And so Biden opens the border, says, come on over. Hey, you got an app? Do an app and we'll get you in legally into the country. And 10 years from now, you'll have to report. We're going to cause chaos in these border cities. And so the states say, fine. Uh, would you like to go to New York City? Would you like to go to Chicago? Would you like right. to go to L.A.? Would you like to go here? And the migrants say yes. You notice how they drop the whole kidnapping stuff. Right. right. That sort of disappeared. Because you're not going to win it. Right. You're not going to win that. So they dropped all of that. And now they're trying to blame Abbott for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sorry. Yeah. It's, nobody, nobody buys into it. Abbott is not. Abbott is trying to do everything he can as a state, as a border state governor to stop this from happening. Mm-hmm. It's only happening because the Democrats want it. This is a Democrat problem, and it should be Adams screaming at the president. Right. You know, you had that, uh, we played it yesterday, the one Democratic representative that was saying, you know, we need to pick up seats in the House. We can't do it because the people are furious at the Democrats because they know. It's not It's not Abbott. They know this is the Biden policy. Yep. It's a, the Biden yep. policy is causing what's going on in New York City. It is what's going on in Massachusetts. State of emergency. The Democrats are screaming. Mm-hmm. But it's the leader of their party's fault. Mm-hmm. He's created the problem. And they now recognize, they know he created the problem, and he doesn't want to solve the problem. No. No, he doesn't. And, you know, this is because (laughs) we joked. You said it during the pre-show meeting yesterday when the story came out from the New York Post that that there was going to be a Biden administration official that's going to go to New York to talk with Mayor Adams. And you said, well, why do we need why do they need to spend the money? That's all for show, because you don't need to spend the money to to go there. You can pick up the phone and tell them no over the phone. (laughs) They don't care to fix it. They don't want to fix it. What are they going to tell Adams? Oh, okay, we'll give you twelve billion bucks. How much more do you need? It's not going to happen. And Biden doesn't care. 
He doesn't care about the border towns, and he doesn't care about New York City or any of them. The chaos is part of it. All of this is by design. It is his plan. Everything that, that you know, the it, it used to be in the abstract. Well, if he does this, then he's going to shut down more drilling and blah, blah, blah. The other day on the Weather Channel. No, I'm trying to shut down the drilling on the East Coast, the West Coast, and the Gulf. The courts have stopped me, but we're going to keep pushing for it. He wants to shut down manufacturing and drilling. He wants to keep the border open. He is okay with all of this, Jack. He's got his money. Well, I mean, Hunter has to give him a little bit more, but he has to, he has his money. He's made his money, Jack. He doesn't have to worry about the cost of hamburger. Yeah, so it's amazing that Adams blames the border states yesterday. Yeah. And, and you know, the people of New York City, even if they're Democrat, don't believe it. They don't buy it. I really wondered yesterday. I really did throughout the day. It just kind of played out. It's not going well. Early in Mayor Adams' uh, mayoral career, this is not working out. Look, he's already approached the courts. Do something about our sanctuary policy. Yeah. Can and, you can you temporarily rescind our sanctuary right? policy? Can you undo what we have done? Right. You've got the power in that city to change it. But you go to the courts? Why? Because there's no political will to change it. Yeah. The people on the city council, they don't want to change sanctuary policy. If people don't remember that, yeah, he said he's going to the courts to see if they can temporarily rescind being a sanctuary right. city. Right. It's like, yeah. What did you expect? Hochul's no. not, the governor is not going to come in and go, oh, yeah, no, we're uh, no longer going to support that kind of policy. Democrats aren't just going to wake up. I mean, there seems to be some kind of awakening going on in D.C. because of all of the a massive crime there that is skyrocketing. And keep in mind, they are one of the top cities, areas for violent crime and have been historically. So when they're screaming that it's skyrocketing, my gosh, I can't imagine what it's like to live there. Yeah, earlier this this uh, week, uh, you had members of the city council screaming yeah. that they need to bring the National Guard. Right, yeah. Def- uh, defund yeah. the police yeah. and... Fund the National Guard. Right. <laughs> I just, it, right. I mean, the, and, and that's why, look, I don't, I don't, I seriously, I don't name, like to name call because, uh, you know, when you name call, it's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, arguing the substance of an, you know, of the ideas, mm-hmm. but there just comes to a point when you're just so frustrated because things are just so obvious as to what the problem is was and you see these people that were promoting defund the police and we don't need the police yeah. and bring in the mental health experts yeah, right. uh to do it we went you're a bunch of idiots and now they've completely reversed you know whether it's on sanctuary cities whether it's whether it's uh 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 you know a crime uh whether it's you know you saw uh, a bunch of democrats were part of the co-sponsors of a bill a couple of weeks ago in the house to ensure that oil and gas companies get the same tax breaks of, as everybody else mm-hmm. because, you know, they were taken away right. in one of the acts that the president or that the Democrats put together. And now they're like, 
oops, this is working against us. Mm-hmm. And it's and you just sit back and you just said they're they're idiots, you know. How how did they not know? How did they not know? How did they not figure out that defunding the police? And you saw the L.A. Police Department down to levels from the nineties. Well, this is exactly what they're dealing with. I, I remember it was I think last summer, uh, the police chief in Dallas saying that the turnover rate, the churn rate, was just through the roof. And and keep in mind, these metro areas pay a lot to train these officers and then put them in place. And then all of a sudden, they go get a job that the officers do. They get the experience, and then they move on to another area where they get support. I saw an, I saw a Facebook ad for Dallas Police Department. Yeah. That they need hundreds yeah. upon hundreds yeah. of police officers, and they're doing they're doing applications consistently all the time. All the time. It's not like, all, right. okay, we're going to do it in two we're, months. We're going right, to have 100. Right. They're doing it consistently. Right. You should have seen the responses on Facebook. Oh, man. It's like, yeah, what do you think is going to happen? And, you know, the one of mine, I was, yeah, you need to train them. They'll work for six months and then go to the suburbs. Yep. They'll get a better job. That's exactly how it works. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Live from the Uniden America Studios, you are listening to Red Eye Radio. Uniden has been a cornerstone of the trucking industry from the beginning. Go to Uniden.com today. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm just reading the Babylon Bee headlines. It's a Friday, right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> Massachusetts starting to wonder if Trump was onto something with that whole build the wall thing after declaring a state of an emergency due to the influx of migrants numbering in the dozens. Massachusetts began wondering yeah. if former President Trump was onto something. Yeah, with that whole build the wall thing. <laughs> well, I, mean, I just love the way they say. Numbering in the dozens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did point out yesterday, I brought up the fact that in New York City alone, they're saying it's well over $12 billion in cost so far. Yeah. Well, the wall would have only cost $25 billion at the time. Of course, inflation, I don't know what the cost will be now. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. 
This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you ready for this? Sure. Uh, two, two different stories here. Proposed okay. Environmental Protection Agency rules regulating carbon dioxide emissions for power plants would lead to blackouts in a large slice of the Midwest and impose costs of nearly $250 billion, uh, according to new analysis by the Center of the American Experiment. The EPA's proposed regulations would require fossil-fueled fire uh, power plants uh, to adopt technologies such as carbon capture uh, in order to significantly bring down their greenhouse gas emissions over the coming decades. The CAE filed comments this week in response to the EPA's proposals, highlighting its analysis that the EPA has overestimated the uh, efficacy of wind and solar while exposing the 45 million people living in the area served by the Mid-Continent Independent System Operator uh, Power Grid to elevated blackout risks. The EPA does not appear to have the expertise necessary to enact such a sweeping regulation on the American power sector, CAE wrote in its comments. Their analysis found that the EPA's modeled grid could result in massive blackouts across the 15 states that it serves, with one stress test scenario estimating that nearly one in five served households would be without power. Additionally, CAE calculated that building up enough capacity to avoid its projected blackouts in the region alone would cost $246 billion in total by 2055. The figure breaks down to $7.7 billion annually on average through 2055, a number which is greater than the EPA's projected $5.9 billion annual benefit to the entire country, because there is no benefit No, if the proposals are uh, uh, finalized. So it's being recognized because, look, this is the next story is this one. Mm. This is uh, uh, PG&E in, uh, in California. Mm. It's been said before, California's power grid will have to expand in order to meet the demand for more energy. PG&E CEO Patricia Poppy has come up with an unconventional idea using electric cars to send excess power back to the grid to prevent blackouts. Uh-huh. This is this is insane. I have tremendous confidence they they talked to GM CEO uh, Mary Barra uh, about uh, GM leading the way in the EV industry. I have tremendous confidence in our brands, the st- strength of our brands, and our customers, and the loyalty that we have. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. Brand brand blah. But they <laughs> the the PG and PG and E CEO believes that thinks that technology can even go further by sending mm-hmm. that excess power back to the grid. What excess power would that be? Except that the interconnection is not there yet. Right now, today, there's no technology and no automotive manufacturer whose cars can actually send power beyond the home and up into the grid, said Mark Tony of uh, the Unity Reform Network. So the, here's the thing. Even the, even the, the, the people that run 
The power companies know in the most liberal states we can't do this. And so they come up with asinine ideas that are not going to work and are not practical. Well, there's there's a reason this hasn't been proposed before, and that's the reason. Because there, it's not practical. Just tell me how that, what, what is this extra power? Are you saying you would take uh, a car, couldn't, because you'd have to come in with regulations. So then you couldn't, on a single charge, go higher than maybe an, a 75 or 80% charge? Anything other than that, I don't get how you're sending power back to the grid. Where does that power come from? If you're saying you will limit what they can take from the grid, oh, I believe you. I believe well, yeah, because, you'd want to do right, that. Because they're taking from the grid and giving back to the grid with the inefficiencies of charging the batteries to begin with, even if it was practical to do so. Yeah, but it it where does it originate from to begin with, right? If you're saying because if you're saying, well, it, it sounds like what there's th- this noble idea that somehow the the cars themselves could generate energy to send back to the grid, like solar does, right? No, no, you're taking from the grid, exactly. going through the inefficiencies, right? Uh, of of the of the resistance and everything else right. of, of charging a battery right. and then sending it back, but you're getting the power initially from the grid. Right. So what they're saying is you need to charge your. Th- think about this. You need to charge your vehicle not only to run it, mm-hmm. but you also have to charge it double in order to send it back to the grid, and then we'll subsidize your your uh, we'll subsidize you sending it back to the grid. From the power that has already been subsidized, oh God, to, to get it to get it to your car earlier in the day. We're so doomed. I'm I'm gonna do it, and, and to I, ha- I'm, go- I'm and, gonna and, it, and it's ahead of PG and E's the ones who's saying yeah, this right. crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna do it. Solar tanning beds. <laughs> I'm doing it. Okay. I'm doing it. I like that idea. I'm going to get a bunch of long lawn chairs, mm-hmm. and I'm selling them as solar tanning beds. I'm going green. Maybe maybe you'll get subsidized <laughs> for not using yeah. any electricity from the grid right. in your solar tanning beds. Well, you know, if you combine the agenda of the Biden administration and also the personal agenda of the Biden family. They would have no problem with that flow of money to me. <laughs> well, we've been we've been warning for since we've been on together. Uh and even before that because mm-hmm. I remember when they started shutting down and this has to be oh, I don't know, I think it was 2003, 2004, 2005 where they started shutting down consi- you know consistent form of energy coal yeah. plants in the state of Texas, and I said, this is the wrong thing to do. And you and I have been together since 2005 speaking about this and saying, and, and everybody was ignoring, no, 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 we can do it. And we said, no, you're full mm-hmm. of it. Right. You're selling the public a lie. And it's not hard to figure out the lie because people are smart enough. 
You know, they uh, some technical things they may not be able to handle. But the technical things of understanding that the wind doesn't always blow, people can understand. And the sun doesn't always shine. Therefore, you don't have consistent forms of energy like you do with a natural gas plant, a nuclear plant, or a coal plant. Right. And so they're smart enough to figure it out. But I don't know whether it's willful ignorance, whether the public... But but think about just the last six months, the number of grid operators that have now put out the warnings, we can't do this. Well, it's... It's insanity. You know, th- this... Um... This idea from the CEO of PG&E, think about the insanity there. First of all, if we get to the mandate part, we're not going to have enough to to uh, power the batteries of those electric cars to begin with. Uh, a blackout will be a normal thing. So what she's doing is she's trying to capitalize on, remember the whole F-150 lightning thing? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you can power your home for seven days. You can't go anywhere, but you can power your home for seven days. <laughs> and, you know, which is this novel idea. Well, imagine the the government doing that. I know she's private sector, but I imagine you would have to do this through regulation. Ultimately, in order to enforce this. Now, she may be promoting this on a voluntary level. Well, you go from voluntary to as soon as you had the infrastructure set up, imagine they did that they got the return infrastructure set up so that during a blackout period, you could just take from the batteries of electric vehicles. There's no way that wouldn't be a mandate. That if you have an electric vehicle, which if they're mandated, most people would have to have one, unless those of us who would be walking aren't included, you would have you would be mandated during the threat of a blackout to plug your car in. These are the ludicrous ideas. Here's what we can do. It's not going to work. None of it is going to work. The math isn't there. And they these, all know the, it. These are people who are elected and or appointed to positions and know nothing about the science that they're talking about and what it would take and what it takes today to power a nation. They put in things that make them, they believe, make them look better or help them get elected and fulfill their agenda. The left loves the idea of the government getting full control of the grid well until people don't have electricity until there's brownouts and blackouts exactly. and then people will be screaming exactly and some of the loudest that will be screaming will be democrats because then it will be uh you know uh i, I can just uh, see it the cities are hurting more yeah of course it's not you know? fair it's the ra- cities are hurting it, more. You know, yeah. the, not having power is racist. I can just hear uh, all sure, of, right. Not not having uh, the proper power. But there was only, just like to fund the police, we knew there was only one conclusion to defunding the police. 
And that's now Washington, D.C. And the city, some of the city council members that want you to defund the police are now saying, we need the National Guard in here now. Right. The, you know, the, 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 the same thing about the open border policy, these sanctuary cities. Oh, we're all for it. We're all for it. Mm. Well, now you need to pay for it. No, this is ridiculous. We can't, you know, we, we can't do it. And the same here. There's only one conclusion to this. And it's blackouts and people not having electricity. And then they're going to scream bloody murder. And the Democrats will be some of the loudest screaming it. Yet they voted for these policies. They voted for it. Yeah. And it's not. This is not a situation where the Democrats are not listening to their constituents. Their constituents aren't complaining about the fact that. The people that they put into office are destroying our energy security, our economic security, and therefore our national security. They don't care because they live in this dream world that we can live in this perfect nirvana and we can make everything just beautiful and wonderful. And we don't want we don't want to deal with the details. We just want to be able to sit here and do our ignorant virtue signaling all day. Can you imagine? Uh, it, it, if this these mandates were to come to fruition and the grid is extremely vulnerable, which it would be, it would be brittle. Your enemy knows exactly where to start. Exactly where to start. And, you know, that's, that's one of many problems because you, you bring up national security. We have the energy here. Draining the strategic petroleum reserve has always been a horrible idea. And it was a political football and did nothing for prices. If it did anything, it was a blip and it was temporary and it wasn't real. And it was them admitting, by the way, that this is about supply and demand. And we have plenty of supply in the ground. And this president admits, just did it the other day on the Weather Channel. For those that don't have cable, the Weather Channel is a channel about weather. (laughs) Said it. No, we're going to keep pushing. We want to shut drilling down. They want this. And people voted for it. And we'll do it again in November of next year. They will choose this. 86690 Red Eye. Smart owner operators make every single week as profitable as possible. One trip is not enough time to be considered profitable or unprofitable, and an entire month may be too much time to manage. One week is the right amount of time to deal with efficiently. To do so, look at the advantages and disadvantages of every day of the week. Match trip length to the optimum day of the week. Plan to deliver on the day you have the best opportunity of getting a load. Your personal weekly plan will vary depending on the weekly delivery flow cycle of your region, typical length of haul, personal requirements, and other factors. What's important is to have a specific weekly plan that helps you be successful. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the OverDrive's Partners in Business section of the website. 
for more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, two things of of uh, possible uh, perjury, um, and uh, you know, you you think about Senator Rand Paul, and we'll have Senator actually hear from Senator Rand Paul. He was on Fox News yesterday saying Fauci committed perjury, mm. and he goes through exactly what the government has said, the GAO that the GAO right. has said, yeah. the NIH, you know funded gain-of-function research. Right. That's number one. And the other one is Christopher Ray with the whole Catholic thing. You saw that. Mm-hmm. Remember, he mm-hmm. said it was just the Richmond office. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the Richmond office. Right. And what was redacted in the statement that he gave Congress was that portion that it wasn't just the Richmond office, right. that it was in cooperation, I think it was Portland or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and looking to go after. And, and when you see the basis of what they wanted to go after – it's the most bizarre thing, and as somebody pointed out, they said, you know, Portland's got Antifa going on, and they're worried about Catholics. Right. I mean, there's there's nothing. Why are they on that? But the point that uh, that uh, was was brought up is that whoa, uh, Ray lied. Yeah, that Ray lied. He said it was just right. Richmond, and the part that they sent Congress. You know, that it was just Richmond was redacted. And what was redacted was it just wasn't the Richmond office. Right. That was trying to crack down on, you know, on Catholics right. for some reason. Right. And so the and and I looked, you know, I, I looked at it. We talked about this, I believe, yesterday off the air. And I'm like, how is this not how is this not perjury? And the same thing for, um, you know, because it, you. I always approach it like you do with the presumption of innocence. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, where is the where is the evidence? But when you see it, it seems almost clear cut for both Ray and Fauci here. Well, that especially it's perjury. With, with with Ray. Tell me the practical reason of the redactions. Tell me why you made the redactions. Yeah. You were covering up information that was not sensitive in nature. It was about what you had said what the narrative was, and what you didn't want people to see. And what weren't some of the redactions on the 1023 the same yeah, thing initially? Yes, yes. Nothing to do with top secret no, things or sources no. and methods. It went just, it, it, if they revealed it, if they didn't redact it, it would have it would have proven them to be liars. Well, it huh? went against the narrative. More coming up. The Bonus Show.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. A couple of things here. First, uh, reading the National Review article, new evidence contradicts FBI director's claim that anti-Catholic memo came from a single uh, field office. Newly subpoenaed documents obtained by the House Judiciary Committee contradict FBI Director Christopher Wray's previous testimony that only a single field office was responsible for the drafting of an agency memo detailing the alleged threat posed by radical traditionist traditionalist Catholic ideology was like, you have to watch out for people that, uh, for example, want to bring back the Latin mass, which yeah, it just, which it was bizarre. And the, the director came out against it and said, this is horrendous what's going on. Mm. But in his testimony, he said it was only a single office. Well, what these documents show is that the Richmond office uh, was coordinating with multiple field offices across the country to produce the memo, targeting traditional Catholics, as the House Judiciary Committee said this. Subpoenaed documents reveal that the FBI Richmond field office coordinated with multiple field offices across the country to produce a memo targeting traditional Catholics as domestic terrorists. Ray previously said the actions were limited to a single field office. And that's what he said now. Uh, what, um, uh, let me see here. They responded and they said, based what Ray was saying is, well, it was initiated only from that office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not the impression you were trying to give. It was right. almost as if you were, it was enclosed to, it, it, it was isolated. encompassed just by isolated or encompassed just by that particular field office. Right. right. And why did you keep that out of the redact? Why was it redacted initially? That there had there had been communication uh, with other field offices concerning this, which means the discussion was going on not just in Richmond, but in other field offices across the country mm-hmm. about targeting traditional Catholics. The. You know, it's um, it's very clear uh, the rot at the at the uh, FBI and the DOJ at the top. And. You know, I don't. By the way, is Chris Christie still plan on if he's become becomes president, he would keep Director Ray as FBI director. We're just asking questions uh, because this more and more demonstrates um, that. There is a clear agenda going on, and you're part of it. If you're at the top of, of the FBI or you're the attorney general, you're in charge of it. It falls on you. And it's not the first time with Director Ray, as we mentioned, the FD-1023. Now, the FBI did respond to National Review on their article. Director Mm -hmm. Ray's testimony on this matter has been accurate and consistent. Uh While the document referred uh, to information from other field investigations of racially or ethnically motivated violent extremist subjects, that does not change the fact that the product was produced by a single office. Well, anything's going to be produced by a single office. It all goes back to one point. Right. It went back to one point, and that was not... Again, that was what I got, that's not what I got out of the testimony at all. What the, what I got from the testimony is this was just isolated to one particular office, and that wasn't the case. And that's part of what was redacted in the letter that yeah. Ray initially gave 
to the House Judiciary Committee. It reeks of the um, IRS thing back with the Tea Party. Oh, this was isolated to, what was it, the Cleveland, a couple of agents in Cleveland? Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. No. This was part of the agenda, and it came straight from the top. And, of course, it originated at one place. They all do. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it seems just as we're making headway with the whole Fauci thing and and Rand Paul and, and my gosh, how, how long does that go back? The back and forth uh, between Rand Paul and, and Fauci, is it, it's over two years. Oh, yeah. Remember when? Remember the one? Oh, I remember the one back and forth where they were going at yeah. it. You know, yeah. that's Fauci was. Now, you notice, and we have some audio here from Rand Paul. You notice now, Fauci, because this is probably 36 to 48 hours old mm. that you've had Rand Paul saying, you know, you know, put, putting in the criminal referral. Maybe it's even more than a couple of days old where he put in the criminal referral. Was it was it earlier this week or late last week? There's been so much going on. I, 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 just, yeah, I don't know, but right. I, the whole criminal referral thing on Fauci, and Fauci's been completely quiet on this. Well, And, and normally he isn't. If he figures he has a point, he's out there blasting. Yeah, that's, and that's where you know you're making headway on this, and, and hopefully that's that's what it will be. But it seems like, you know, playing bop here with this whole thing with the FBI oh, and the I DOJ. Know. I know. Everything is pulling teeth. How 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 are there not more uh, agents coming out? How are there not more whistleblowers? Remember, I this, have to believe. Remember, this came because of a whistleblower. Yes, yeah, but I mean, how, right, right? But I have to believe for every one whistleblower, there's got to be at least. A half dozen more agents that would love to do it and just don't want to put their career on the line. I'm not saying they're at fault. They're not. I'm just saying if you do the math and all the agents that are charged with doing this, they're the ones that that have to do all the groundwork on this. Well, uh, the majority of the agents that I've heard speak have said they've been. Remember, the whistleblower mm-hmm. law mm-hmm. is to protect you from being retaliated right. against. Right. And everyone I've seen has said they've been retaliated against. Well, and that's that's the whole well, idea yeah, is yeah. that, you know, your career is going to be over once you become a whistleblower. I mean, you might still have your job. There might be that protection there, but you know that the environment is not going to be amenable to you staying there long term. That's just a given. I'd like to be wrong about that. If justice were truly served, those agents should be able to carry out their job because they are worried about law and order. They are worried about immoral activity done by their superiors or others uh, inside their own agency. That's the whole point, is that you believe the American people need to know, and they deserve to know. Let's hear Rand Paul talk about, uh, you know, the the smoking gun Mm -hmm as he has referred to it as. Here we go. Well, you know, I don't think there's ever been a clearer case of perjury in the history of government testimony. And I don't say that lightly. He said adamantly that the government never funded this gain-of-function research. We now have the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, has admitted that the funding came from the NIH. We have the acting director, Tabak, of the NIH, admitting it in writing that it came from the NIH. But now we have really the smoking gun, and that is 
Fauci in private saying the opposite of what he was saying in public. When he was publicly telling me that absolutely we did not fund gain-of-function research in China, he says privately, we are suspicious that the virus has been manipulated, and we are suspicious because we know they are doing gain-of-function research. He then goes on to describe the research, and it's exactly the research that the NIH funded. So he's caught dead to, right, dead to rights here, but we have an, an incredibly partisan Attorney General Garland who's refusing to act. So I've taken the extraordinary step of actually going to the local U.S. attorney in D.C. to see if he will act. Now, the problem is, is there are partisans littered throughout the yep. uh, legal system, and people are seeing this. You, you don't get prosecuted if you're a Democrat under this administration, no matter what you do. And one of the There you go. Yeah, when you see the Fauci one, the mm-hmm. Fa- uh, I, there's, I think there's a stronger case for Fauci than Ray because it looks like Ray's trying to think, well, what I meant was, now I will say this, Jordan has gone to Ray and said, do you wish to amend what you have said? Do you yeah. wish to amend right. yeah. what you have said? It? Right, yeah. Now, uh, but Fauci, obviously, you know, we had said it way back we had said it when he got into changing the definition of gain of function, and that was early on, remember? Yeah, right. We said, I don't care what the definition is. Did you manipulate virus a virus so it could jump from animal to human being? Right. That's all I care about. What, whatever you want to call it, we never care. I don't care what the label is. And he was... You know, he was getting involved in the whole label kind of thing. Right. You don't hear that anymore, do you? No. You don't hear that. No. But initially, because we don't, we try not to live in the bubble of today. We remember the bubble of back then of what was going on a couple of years ago when he was attempting to change the definition of gain of function. And we said, well, forget about that. That's stupid talk. Were you doing, were they doing this? And that would be the question that you would ask. Right. Was there any work done in that regard? That the United States funded. Right. And we now know, yes, we now know that Fauci did lie. It's obvious he lied. And and Rand Paul's bringing a number of sources. And I can remember, do you remember sitting here on the air? Mm -hmm. And we had callers calling us saying, well, uh, Rand Paul's not that kind of doctor. He's not a virologist. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like, he's a doctor. He understands. Sure. He understands, and, and, and I think the questioning, and uh, and how he questioned, I I think the language that he was using was to demonstrate something very clear to the American people. He didn't even have to be a doctor of any kind in order to ask the questions he was asking. Right. And you notice, though, as this is going on, remember how Fauci was defended by mm-hmm. Democrats. Yeah. I haven't oh, yeah. seen any Democrat no. defend Fauci or go after Rand Paul now. No. I haven't seen anyone do that, and that's how you know. How you know, when you see, for example, how you know that the Democrats are worried is when they don't say anything, because if they believe they have any talking point, they will say something. But when they didn't cover the networks, didn't cover Devin Archer Mm -hmm. at all, Mm -hmm. it shows they don't have any talking points to go up against him right. and the people yeah. that do have the talking points now are simply the goalpost keeps moving and moving in that particular case mm-hmm. there's nowhere for the goalpost 
I see here to move if you've got his private conversations, if you have his testimony, uh, if you have what the GAO and others are saying, the NIH, yeah, we did fund this. Mm -hmm. The only reason that he's not up on perjury charges is because you have rot inside of the Department of Justice. Well, that's it, Uh, you know, because there becomes the question. You find a wrongdoing now, who do you send to enforce it? On on such big levels, who's going to go after? I mean, we can talk about the rot at the FBI. We can talk about the rot at the DOJ. It takes a massive political change in power in order for that enforcement to come about. And that's the problem. You know, we talked about uh, uh, when there was talk about uh, a special counsel on the whole Hunter Biden thing. Well, no. Who assigns a special counsel? Merrick Garland. Yeah. I don't want us. We've been there. We've done that. I've seen what happens when liberal AGs or deputy AGs, I guess, at that point, back in the um, Russian hoax thing, assign a special counsel. No. Absolutely not. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, Coming up more on uh, inflation, Uh, Comer uh, speaks, Uh, Jonathan Turley uh, speaking. Plus, we have, well, we've got uh, another of the Republican candidates now signing the pledge. Yeah, okay. Nikki Haley signing the pledge. Well, it does. It, it doesn't mean anything because you can change your mind later. Well, I did see, and <laughs> I don't know where they. I just saw in an article yesterday, and they didn't give the specifics of it. And and I just, I somehow with so much going on, I probably missed this. It was like Chris Christie said, uh, uh, "Yeah, he'll sign the the pledge," but indicated he's lying. Well, I, I mean, saw that and I burst out I, laughing. I'm like, it's, I, oh, show, I, I, mean, I want to I see the specific thing he said. If you're signing something that's meaningless, who cares if you're lying, right? Yeah. Everybody knows it's meaningless. Okay, I'll sign the pledge. Sure. Yeah, and I mean it, too. <laughs> This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I have a very quick trip planned this weekend. What? Very quick. How did I not know about where? Where's the memo? <laughs> well, where, where are you going? I'm back Sunday morning to, to oh, okay. Buffalo to see Dad and a concert. A concert? I'm going to see a concert. Who are you going to see? <laughs> the 70s band Pablo Cruz. No, really, who are you going to see? I'm going to see the 70s band Pablo Cruz. Not because of their hit songs. Mm-hmm. Their hit songs were never that great for me. It's everything else that's much more prog rock. The keyboard player, Corey Lyris, is probably one of the best keyboard players ever. I like the radio stuff. I mean, it's... it's you know, right. Love I mean, Will you Find know. a Way and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's... And they extend it l- longer, but, you know, the, the stuff like Ocean Blue, Breeze, El Verano, um, Zero to Sixty and Five. You know, that, let me put it this way. Zero to Sixty and Five says it all. Mm-hmm. In five minutes, they go from zero to 60. Yeah. And it's just, I mean... Yeah. The, He's an insane keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Um, how fast he can play and what he can do is mind-boggling. And that's why I'm going to see it. And my buddy, it was funny because my buddy Jeff back um, about six months ago when they went on sale. And I said, I can't do it. And because what I, I'll, I'll fly in this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, be back about five, six o'clock. See my dad, hang out with my dad, go to breakfast with the whole family tomorrow like we always do to the little restaurant in Clarence Center, New York, Marty's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then take a nice ride with dad. Then I come back home to my dad's house. That I always say home. Home is in Texas, but yeah, <laughs> where you grew up is always your home, isn't right. it? Where your parents yeah. live. Sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, so probably go to the show probably 5 or 6 o'clock. Mm. won't get back to show. I won't probably get back to my dad's house till between midnight and one o'clock. I will go to sleep for two hours, wake up and catch the direct flight, be back in Dallas by nine. All right. So <laughs> luckily I can sleep in shifts. That's the, that's the one th- beautiful thing about this, about working this shift is I've learned to sleep in shifts. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't learned. It's what my body tells me to do because I don't force. Right. Yeah. I don't force to sleep. So, yeah. So a very very quick trip there and back and and um, all right. And so right before I left last night, you know the air conditioner's been out all the time. Yeah. And I've got all the equipment. I just don't have the time. Uh, the uh, I I noticed I keep going to the side of my house and the uh, I just just always to check it during this time. And there's my my. Uh, auxiliary drainage line you know it's leaking you know that that's where it's coming out so my primary mm. line is busted and i'm like oh man but i know that that other line is completely and totally clear i don't have time to clean the other line i just mm-hmm. don't have time between now and and i discovered it last night but that's sitting in the back of my brain and i'm like why am i doing this why am mm. i doing this why am i doing this why am i doing this mm. but i know the line is completely clear that auxiliary line so mm. i'll be safe for two days 
mean, I got everything. I've got the CO2 cartridges that blow it out. I've got the pump thing where you can attach it to the line. I've got a snake for that. I mean, it's like I can do it. I just don't have the time. I got to get up and catch the plane. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so I'll do it Sunday. And where's that line located? Where is it? In again? the attic. All right. Starts in the attic and goes all mm. the way down. Mm. So. But it's the overflow auxiliary line? No, the auxiliary line, that's the one that's working. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, okay. That, that, okay. That's the I one. See. The emergency the main, line. The main line is, the is main, blocked. The main line is blocked, right? The, All right. the normal line. But yeah. uh, I've got, uh, uh, I, I did figure out last night because I went to the side. I figured out, the, I finally figured out where the drain comes, the initial drain comes out. And the fact that I probably, because that initial drain comes out and then goes into my, where my gutters go into. But right. I, they yeah, don't yeah. glue it. You can actually snap it off. And I got a pump mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that I got last time. I said, I got to figure out how this, and I know how it works now. Mm-hmm. But I can flush it out that way. I mm-hmm. can get it from that end or the other end. And I've got the CO2 cartridges to try to blow it through. Mm-hmm. Got... <laughs> so that'll be Sunday when I get back. Yeah, all right. So, But still, it sits in the back of your mind. You know, you go, oh, I better. Yeah. I came home from a trip with, uh, Water that came through my ceiling. Oh, same problem. Yeah, years ago. Uh, the person that was house sitting for me said, "I didn't want to ruin your vacation, and we got it under control here. So, what was done was already done, and you weren't going to ask me to call the person to do it. It was already cleared. The line had already been cleared by the time I got home, but the damage was done." So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I, I made sure that the because I I did have a little time last night. I was just checking just because I've been so obsessed with that. Just going, oh well, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I had a little problem with it earlier this year. So it's like anytime I go away, I'm looking. It's like, oh no, thing hasn't yeah. dripped dripped in ages. And all of a sudden, I saw it drip dripping. So I went up, mm-hmm. checked it out real quick. Uh, blew the CO two cartridge through that one. Mm-hmm. I tried it through the one, and it didn't work. Mm. You know, so hmm. uh, so I I blew it through the auxiliary that the auxiliary line, which is just one line. There is no other place where anything can leak out. Right, and yeah. that was clear. And then I put some uh, of the vinegar mm-hmm. and warm water down there, and mm-hmm. that was flowing very very good when I turned it back on. Right, so right. I'm safe for two days. Yeah, right. But yeah, isn't it amazing how the mind thinks what gets you, what can ruin your entire day? Well, I mean, water. Da- if you think of water damage. The threat of water damage, if you've ever yeah. had real water damage, is just, ugh. we had a small fire one time. And, oh. of course, uh, the fire department did their job, but that requires a lot of water. And the smoke damage, and then the water damage, and then everything. Um, I've never had, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> I did in the mid-90s, the first house, when we moved to this area first house we owned water damage and the fire department uh showed up and helped me carry out all of the carpet and everything that had been soaked there was no fire emergency we didn't know how to turn off we couldn't turn off the main or the you know the the water to the house which which we had to do to stop the water from coming in and they so they came in and they did that and they stayed and helped clean up, you know, until they got it. They said, look, we could get a call. We have to go. But we're going to help you. Oh, that's it's nice. Like, yeah, it was great. It was great. 
Because I was like, oh, my gosh. You know? I mean, it was just, I didn't know where to start. So we started with new floors. Well, we started with new plumbing and then new floors. Yeah. Crazy. What a, what a, what a pain, but uh, I know. I'm sure it's going to be all right. I've, no, I've, it'll be fine. If, it, if that overflow line right. is, it'll be, it'll be, if it's clear, everything will go the way it's supposed to. Yeah, for two days, it's not going to be yep. any, for any problem. But uh, the, now the interesting thing is where I'm going to see this show mm-hmm. is a place called the Riviera Theater in North Tonawanda, New York, just outside of Buffalo. I was going to ask what the venue is. Okay. All Rivi- right. Riviera Theater. And, and uh, it, it uh, only sits, only seats about 1,100. Now, Pablo mm. Cruz really doesn't tour. This right. is the first tour they've done. In. I mean, they'll, they'll do it in California a little bit, but they've all, you know, Corey Lyris is like, I've, you see him on YouTube, the keyboardist. Mm-hmm. He's in the tech industry and everything else. Right, yeah. But they decided to do this tour, which is why my buddy called me. He goes, you're never going to be able to see them. You're never going to be able to. you got to go. Come on, you can handle it. You can you can get to your dad's house at 1 in the morning, go to sleep yeah, for two not? hours, wake up and sleep why on the not? plane. And it's like, yeah, I can. I can do that. Yeah. So he can, yeah. he convinced me. But the the interesting thing is I've only been to that theater, even though, uh, you know, I grew up in that town. Uh, I've only been to that theater once. It mm. is the first place that I ever saw a movie in a theater. Oh. And I was at YMCA Day Camp. And I don't know what I don't know what year it was, 64, 65. Mm. And we went to see a movie. Mm-hmm. Day Camp and we went to the Riviera Theater and it was Mr. Roberts with Henry Fonda. The first oh, wow. movie I've ever ever yeah. saw in a movie theater right and it's like so we're we're talking what uh almost 60 years and i'm going back to see a show yeah good movie mr roberts is a great movie mm-hmm. i love that movie mm-hmm. I and mean, it was i mean it was the first movie i ever saw right yeah. and so but it was still a, it was still a, a good movie not your traditional war movie right yeah and, and what's his name the captain uh well, i can't think of his name Mm. Mr. <laughs> I yeah. still know that one. <laughs> yeah. I can't, uh, I can't think it's not Henry Bogart. Come on. Can't think of it. His name. Yeah. Uh, but the first movie I ever saw in the theater was uh, Jaws. James Cagney. Oh, okay. James Cagney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah wow, I see. Jaws? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I saw Jaws for 35 cents. Uh, I was on an Air Force base in Texas, and it was a matinee showing of Jaws. Yeah, scared the daylights out of me. <laughs> I didn't even go to the base pool for two weeks. If I couldn't see, you know, it's even if I could see the bottom, I'm not getting in. I'm not getting in. Then there was a rumor around. It was this was uh, the Laughlin Air Force Base near Del Rio. There was a rumor that someone had put a shark in this this little area called Blue Hole. It was a an area, uh, a little creek uh, that had a widening at this point in a park, and people would swim there. And this rumor went on forever that someone put a shark in Blue Hole, and it was after right after Jaws. And that rumor probably still existed. I'd have to look it up. But it probably still exists today. And then the whole thing about, remember the whole thing about bull sharks mm-hmm. and fresh water 
mm-hmm. and how far they could travel yeah. and the whole thing. Yeah. And then that kind of came into it, you know, later when there were um, when there were boards and then all of a sudden social media. I do know at some point that rumor was talked about on social media, but I don't know if that rumor is still in circulation or not, you know, widely. But that was kind of the, the play. Jaws really kind of created that that whole fascination with with great whites especially but with sharks in general well when i had by the by the time i had moved to florida uh to do radio and lived you know in navarre mm-hmm. and was at navarre beach constantly you know that's where they did jaws 2 mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. the scenes were right there in navarre beach yeah and and uh in the old hogs breath saloon where we used to hang out in Fort Walton Beach is where the bar scenes were done. And it was funny because I didn't, you know, I'd seen both at the time. And, yeah, it's like, oh, man, shark. But I went in the water, didn't even think about it. But when that shark, like I said, when I had that encounter with the little baby shark <laughs> at Navarre, and the boy, and the, the when the video came out a couple of weeks ago about that shark weaving its way through, it was a big shark yeah. weaving its way through people at Navarre Beach, exactly in the spot where I had the encounter with my shark. Yeah. Uh, and then at that point, it's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to go in a natural body of water again. Yeah. Just uh, swim in my pool. And even the lake, you know, I mean, the lake that, even though I, you never hear of anybody getting bitten by a water moccasin, you know they're around there. Like right. the lakes yeah. here, you know water moccasins are in there. They swim. Yeah. Uh, Mark Gilpin, who played the boy in Jaws, Jaws 2, one of the boys in Jaws 2, passed away the other day. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. from cancer. His sister was on, uh, played Ross on Frasier. Played Frasier's radio oh, producer. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, the Jaws 2 is where the one where they got the shark to... To bite into the electric line, I think. Yeah, I think that's Remember? how they did that one. Yeah, that was the one yeah. that blew up. Yeah. yeah, I liked, I liked both of them. I, I mean, I liked one. You can't really redo the magic. Although I've said, if you're gonna do a remake, which you really shouldn't try, but if they're gonna do it, Paul Giamatti as uh, uh, what's his name. Oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, I, the uh, the the shark expert that comes in into town, I'm, and I'm blanking on the actor's name. But he's it's got to be Paul Giamatti. You wouldn't know a shark if it came up and bit you in the. That's R- got Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, yes, and the Richard Dreyfus role, and I think you have to do a, a right. Richard Dreyfus cameo as like a, the mayor or something, <laughs> right? And, you know, and then and then have Paul Giamatti. <laughs> In the Richard Dreyfus role, who would do the Roy? Scheider I don't. Road? I don't know. Who I would, don't know who, who would do get the that. who would do the Robert Shaw role. See, there's the big one because that is a that's pivotal, yeah. p- uh, piv- pivotal character in in the movie. That's you know the guy who says, "All right, we'll go out. I'll find the shark," and then he has all the stories and the storytelling and everything else. I don't know who you get. I don't know who you get to do that one. I like Giamatti though for the the Dreyfus. Yeah, that, that would be good yeah. because I could you just his eyes would yeah. be looking like what in the hell yeah. are you talking about? No, I mean because he's got great. He's the thing about Giamatti. He's got great facial movements. Right. Yeah. He's got the same that same energy. Yeah. That Dreyfus did in that yeah. movie. 
that that was such a great movie. It, it was really a good, was. It was a very good movie. It was. It, yeah. Always suspense. Always suspenseful. Well, I I just the moment from the time that they took out on the water. You know, I'm really from the beginning, but I mean, when you're on the water, everything is just. It is so suspenseful because you don't know where it's going to go, and you're thinking. Yeah, they do need a bigger boat. I mean, they definitely need to be on a bigger boat. Crazy. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley. I'm Gary McNamara. Quickly to Brian in Las Vegas. I don't know about this. Brian, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi. Hey, how's it going? I'm Good. thinking my first choice is Sam Elliott. My second choice is Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam Elliott might might work. Um, you know, it would. you're changing the character a little bit because Shaw just had that insanity you know, he, he just had that thing in his eye where he just looks crazy you know and and so both of oh, those yeah. you know i guess are capable of certainly pulling that off no doubt but it's one of those characters that it it the actor just brought so much to that character oh, the, yeah. the the look in his eyes when he's telling the story yeah. you know he just Man, it's like he but, lived. But you know, when you he said it, I, I I didn't see it in Sam Elliott when you said Sam Elliott. But a younger Clint Eastwood, you know, with that the way his eyes are, the way he could look at you, might be closer to what Robert Shaw could do. Yeah, because he just and, and I don't know. I mean, just such an excellent, just such an excellent actor. I mean, they all were in that one. They yeah. all fit yeah, their roles. Sam would have to get a haircut, so I don't know how that'd go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he might um, he, he might draw the line right there. I'll, I'll tell you who might also be able to pull it off as a Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Russell yeah. Crowe. I think yeah. If if you you know he's gonna he's gonna have to you know take on that that edginess and that craziness. And uh, but yeah, that's uh, that, that that he might be able to do that. Yeah. And and me saying Robert or that uh, what's his Russell Crowe be a possibility is really a huge concession for me after he did that hockey movie. Remember the <laughs> yeah. hockey movie that yeah. he did? Right. Oh, that was the worst hockey movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's really not great hockey movies yeah. out there. Thanks, Brian. Uh, well, there is one. There yeah. is one. Miracle's a good hockey movie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's a good, good hockey movie. Yeah. Uh, coming up, following uh, the uh, bottom of uh, the hour, we got uh, audio cuts. Ah. Ah, yes, uh, Jonathan Turley. And I did find where Chris Christie did say that uh, about the loyalty pledge where he implied he would lie. Yeah, right, exactly. I found that, too.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, you ready? <laughs> we had Nikki Haley yesterday come out and sign the pledge. All right. Now, she did say the only thing that she did in her pledge was she said, you know, we're they're running against uh, Kamala Harris. She's make, making the assumption that that Biden will not be the nominee. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the only thing that she really she had. might end up being right. Yeah, she might end up being right. Uh, and and so you've got uh, Ramaswamy. You've got. Uh, now DeSantis, and now you have Nikki Haley. So three. We've got three in the debate. Now Trump said he won't do it. Now the interesting thing is Trump said, no, because there's three or four candidates I wouldn't vote for. But when he signed up originally his campaign for the South Carolina primary, he said he would endorse mm-hmm. whoever is the final nominee. Mm-hmm. So that was the official filing in uh, South Carolina that I found interesting. So now it goes to Chris Christie. Okay. And it's like, how can Chris Christie, he's just, he's out there just, you know, blasting Trump every day Mm -hmm. to the point of Trump is completely and totally unacceptable to be the Republican nominee. Yeah. That's what he's out there saying every day. Right. So how does he come out and, and say, yes, I will, I will uh, sign the pledge so I can be part of the debate. Because he said he's going to be part of the debate, you know, because he talked about, you know, when when they were going back and forth, who's fatter a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, <clears throat> who's uh, fatter a couple of days ago? Uh, he said, you know, basically said, Say that to my face. Show up at the, you know, show up at the uh, debate. So he's implying uh-huh. he's going to show up. Yeah. But here he is back in, this is June or July. Uh, and uh, this would have been, I'm trying to see what date is it or a date to this. June 18th. Okay. Talking about the loyalty pledge and whether he would take it. And here's what he had to say. Okay. Here we go. All right. (laughs) Jake, I'm going to go back to 2016 again and say I'm going to take the pledge just as seriously as Donald Trump took it in 2016. As you'll remember, Reince Priebus had to go up to Trump Tower to get him to sign it, to ask him to do so. He did. And then we went to a subsequent debate and we were all asked if we would reaffirm our support of whoever the nominee was going to be by raising our hand. There were 10 of us on the stage. Nine of us raised our hands. The one who didn't was Donald Trump. Um, and so I'll take the pledge in 2024 just as seriously as Donald Trump took the pledge in 2016. What? That's where he's implying, yeah, I'm lying. Right. <laughs> you just showed that he didn't take it seriously. You don't take it seriously. We get it. Well, quite frankly... I mean, it's I don't, it's it's stupid. I mean, we I, we I I don't know any of the candidates that actually do take it seriously. Sign it, have the debate, sign the pledge, vote your conscience. 
two months later. Hi, this is Ted Cruz asking you to support Donald Trump as our president. <laughs> Working the phones for Trump. Um, but these those look, if you don't take it seriously, who cares if you sign the pledge? And Nikki Haley yesterday posted it on her social media. All right, time for you to sign it, fellas. Now or your now it's your turn, fellas, or whatever. Basically the rest of the group. All right, fine. I mean, you and I both think it's stupid. Well, it it, it doesn't mean anything. And even if you wanted to be, let's just say, you meant it, then you changed your mind. That's also okay. Because if I signed it and then Chris Christie actually did become the nominee, oh, we're going to have some mind changing. I mean, because I, sorry, you look at what's going on at the FBI and him saying, now there are other reasons, but I have not heard him walk back this, oh no, I would keep Christopher Ray as the FBI director. Sorry, I don't want you as president. And, you know, that's the thing. If I sign it now, because, and we talked about this too. All right, what if I sign it and say, well, yeah, I'm going to sign it because I believe the nominee will be me. Did you hear it was going around on social media yesterday? Mm -hmm. What's that? That Fox will only allow any other media outlet after the debate. I didn't see Fox comment on it, Mm. but I saw a ton of social media Mm. saying that Fox, after this debate, you can only carry a total of three minutes of audio. Any other media, a total of three. Mm. And seven days after, none. Mm-hmm. So. What happens in seven days? <laughs> you can't. You, you're I mean, not, what are, what are, what, I mean I'm why assu- would you close the door? The, the thing is, is that if you have to attribute it to Fox News, the whole idea is that it landed on your real estate and you're going to get that attention even from other media. But okay. Whatever. Oh, I thought the same thing. But what they're saying is this is a, you know, that that uh, this is more of the what do you call it? The uh, uh, the was it the general use clause mm-hmm. that sure. this, this because this is about politics that, you know, you can you know, you can uh, you can carry how much of it you want. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't replay it. But if you wish to play right. audio right. cuts yeah. from now until the election okay. as another media outlet that you're allowed to do so and what they're saying you know we, this is you know we this is our this is our property mm-hmm. you know it's on our platform mm-hmm. and so we'll allow you to play for example a total mm-hmm. any media outlet can only play if it, over a period of week only three minutes mm-hmm. total so if you play uh five audio cuts of you know of of uh 60 seconds each that's it and if you do it again, they're threatening to sue you. Okay. That would be what that could that would be the threat is we're gonna sue you if you do it. Mm. And after seven days, boom now I haven't seen Fox state that, but that was all over social media yesterday mm. and and already some of the media organizations say, Well, we're we'll go to court over this one. Mm. Because it's a political thing, it's basically general use where you're just 
Yeah, I, the legal challenge would be interesting on that mm-hmm. one. Um, because you're broadcasting it, but you don't. It's not like, you know, the remember the NFL. You know, any rebroadcast or whatever. Uh, you know, there are certain things, but they they pay the NFL, so they it's their property completely. The mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. the players, everything is theirs. They're broadcasting a debate, but those politicians. Are not they're they're not owned or they're not working for Fox, so is their opinion right, more right. in the in public service or the general use clause? And I think most that people would, would say yes. That would be the difference. Is that if they were hired to do like a speaking engagement, any one of them, or let's say three of them were hired to do a speaking engagement by Fox News, and they were paid to do that directly, then Fox News owns that content. Hosting the debate when they're not there on behalf of Fox News would be very different. And if that's actually going on, if that is true, then you can bet that the media is going to likely ignore it. Much of the media will ignore it. Because we're talking about a debate that any one thing that is said by any candidate can affect a debate. Howard Dean. Yeah! That wasn't a debate <laughs> moment. But it. But the, the thing is, is that it can happen in a second, including during a debate. All right, I don't see anything, you know, Fox News debate restrictions. I don't mm-hmm. see any. Uh, I don't see anything written on it. Again, it was just on social media, but there were multiple posts on it. Yeah, I'm like, mm, okay, but I haven't seen anything from Fox, or I haven't seen actual news article from any other mm-hmm. news outlet stating that that would be the case. But I thought that when I saw that, I went, oh, that's interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you want you want people to be you want people to, if, if you can restrict it what you're hoping is that people will actually watch it while it's going on but i don't right, know what yeah. it does afterwards to sit there and and have other news outlets say on fox news last night this was the debate right and then you play an audio clip and let's say you want to play you know 10 during your show mm-hmm. and so you cover a total of seven or eight minutes of the debate i don't see how that hurts your product at all no, because it is, your, well, it doesn't your, hurt your product. And also, can you claim the right to that when you're talking about uh, things that are of the public interest? Right. And and people who are vying to become the next president. They're not there on behalf of Fox News. They're not getting paid to create content right. for Fox right. News. And, and, if, and if the, let's say the president went on, Fox News and said, I'm 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 completely guilty. <laughs> yeah. If Biden went on Fox uh, News and, and, and just said, let everything out. I'm right. completely guilty on everything. Right. In uh, fact, the cocaine was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Jack. <laughs> there does seem to be a little spring in his step. <laughs> I'm 
guilty of everything. <laughs> you mean the Hunter Biden? No, no, everything. All of it. Any, anything that happens in the world, I I did it. Yeah. I, I I admit that I'm guilty. I was I'm the mastermind behind Obamacare. I did all of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I killed corn pop. <laughs> you know, <it's> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But hypothetically, if, I let if, the dogs out. I mean, that, that would that would be a huge <laughs> that would be a huge news item. Could could any news outlet, Fox or whatever? Uh-huh. And again, I can't find. Out, like I said, just on the social media. So we're having the the discussion. I don't know whether this is actually the truth or not. I just found it interesting. And so yeah. I just want to make sure we put in that disclaimer on it. But I don't think Fox News could, if or, or CNN or whoever it would be, uh, could limit the number of times you could talk about, by, you did not talk about it, but you could play that audio cut. Right. You, you could say they couldn't, like, uh, uh, they couldn't rebroadcast it and, in fact, or stream it live at the same time or right. fully rebroadcast it, you could say, right. look, in its entirety, the presentation is one thing. But comments from any of those candidates are of public interest because they're vying for public office. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah. And we'll and you own, do you own the candidate's intellectual property? Right. Well, because you're not, that's not, the property of of the candidates and what they're saying that's not the property because Fox News isn't paying for them to create content exactly right that my point yeah 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 if there were a speaking engagement and they paid someone any of them to right. to do you know and even though that person wrote it they were working on behalf of whoever hired them that's different yeah, so CNN paid Biden. Yes. <laughs> I think it was the New York Times and CNN. 86690 <laughs> Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Runner Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I just love this this headline. Liberal media still ignores Barack Obama's multiple myths all these years later. No. Talking about how they he's he is and and by the way, I understand it because he is he is Clinton uh fifteen years later. Yeah. Because remember the yeah. the buzz on Clinton and the positive talk on Clinton. It went on for such a long time. Remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just like, yeah. when is this ever going to end? And it was after Clinton had come out and said, basically, everything that he did as president, all the major things, he regrets doing them. Yeah. And we're like, I signed it, but I wish I had. Right. So the person that they're saying is, this is the guy that we just love. And all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, he's just gone and he's replaced by Obama as this imagery of the perfect democrat yeah but i don't know i mean it's like the liberal media still ignores i just the liberal media may ag- ag- ignore the miss about obama and there were plenty mm-hmm. but the fact is i think the public has moved on from him i i don't sense the same adoration of him yeah no as a no. post president than you did clinton for years right right that was just insane right 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today and listen when and where you want or wish to. If you cannot listen to one of our great radio stations overnight, live, that is, uh, you can uh, listen during the day. And thank you. Yes. Joe Manchin said yesterday he is seriously considering becoming an independent. Uh Uh-huh. And lamented that the Washington Democrats brand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's a word brand again. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, brand in relation to the scandal, brand is the beginning of Brandon. Well, let's go, Brandon. Uh, the uh, <laughs> mansion <laughs> said the Washington Democrats brand has become so bad. Yeah, I have to have peace of mind. Basically, the brand has become so bad. The D brand and the R brand mansion told. West Virginia Metro News. In West Virginia, the D brand, because it's a national brand, it's not the Democrats in West Virginia, it's the Democrats in Washington. I don't know. Did they? Did the West Virginia Democrats vote for the ones in Washington? That's what I got to ask. I the, the answer is yes. Many of them did. Many of them did, yeah. He's trying to he's trying to have it both ways. Really I, I think you know, and the the thing is, and and I know probably some Republicans would say no, but I think he'd be better off because when he 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 has some of the worst polling numbers for both Democrat and Republican, he's never yeah, going right. to get he's never going to get it back mm-hmm. from Democrats. No, no, that's never, never going to get back. No, I think. I would, and and again, I don't have the I don't have all the polling numbers in front of me, mm. and so if I'm a political consultant and he's asking me for my advice, I'd have to do a little bit more research. But I believe he might be better coming out and stating, you know, something the Democrats are wrong. I disagree with them on this, this, this. So I'm becoming a Republican. I think he'd be better doing that. Than saying I'm an independent. Yeah, I, really I don't do. like either party. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I just, that's sorry. That's old. And and by the way, it's also very Joe Manchin. Right. Yeah, way, it is. Way it to is. commit. Yeah. Right. Manchin has been asked several times in the past about a pos- possible party switch, particularly yeah. after helping kill off key pieces of Biden's uh, progressive agenda, like Build Back America. Mm. He's never ruled it out. On Thursday morning, however, he said. I would very seriously think about becoming independent. Uh-huh. I know what I want to tell you. What? I saw this oh, oh, was it? It was on social media. Mm-hmm. I think it was Facebook. Okay. Uh, and it was on the, um, not the forward party, 
What's the other one? Uh, the uh, the nothing party. <laughs> the we stand for nothing and we'll continue to stand for nothing party. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The Ford? The, I, the, yeah, I forget. The, and the... Uh, They've made such an impact. <laughs> um, oh, I can't think of the name. Come on, what's the name of it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you do. Andrew Yang's the forward party. Yeah. The other... But uh, it was um, on, on that party, and it, you should... You should have seen because the I wish ah, I should have saved the ad because it was like, we're not left. We're not right. And you should thousands of responses. This is what we need. 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 It's like you haven't said anything. Yeah, but people want I'm telling you, Eric, people really my dad was right. Mm. He's 97 now. I'll see him later on Mm -hmm. today. And he was absolutely right. People in America want to be bull blank. Mm-hmm. They want to be BS'd. Yeah. And when I saw that, I went, wow. Well, no, wow. I mean, and, and, and honestly, that's, that's just as much BS as anything the left is promoting. When you say, well, we're not left or right, how do you feel on abortion? How do you feel on taxes? Well, on any issue. What do you issue, think about the border? Yeah. I mean, at some point, you've got to take a position. So, yeah, you're either left or right. You may not agree with the Democrats on everything. You may not agree with the Republicans on everything. But you are going to be positioned whether you like it or not. Because if you don't take a position, then you're nothing. It, it was on the no labels party. No labels. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no labels. Uh, That's pop, why we couldn't remember it, because they don't have a label. They don't have a label. <laughs> <laughs> but the no labels and the forward party are doing the exact same thing. Yeah. One, I think it's the forward party talks about how they want to change the elections. Mm-hmm. You know, how they just, you know, vote on voting. But on the issues, every one of them stays away from issues. And it's like, and Americans, I like that. Stay away from the issues because nothing, yeah. nothing is about the issues. Yeah, what do you think about this? Should the borders be open? Right. No, we need to close them. Well, then you're a Republican. Exactly. <laughs> do you believe that solar and wind uh, can run uh, the entire grid? Oh, yeah, I certainly do. Uh-huh. Well, then you're a Democrat. Right. If you don't, you're a Republican. Do you believe that the way to run an economy is for the government to subsidize non-profitable companies where Americans are not looking to buy their products? Yep. You're a Democrat. Yeah. You know, and so when you heard the No Labels Party, I forgot who was it in the No Labels Party that said, well, no, we don't want to get involved in all the controversial issues because they separate people. (laughs) We... It's like they're right. almost admitting we stand for nothing and people look 
Seinfeld still popular. It was a show about nothing, and the American public is demanding a political party about nothing. Right. And they are passionate about nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. 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 People's political persuasions are their own thing. Mm -hmm. You can be whatever you wish to be. Don't try to push it on me, though. <laughs> well, the <laughs> the uh, the nominee for president of the No Labels Party, Wayne Knight. <laughs> Newman. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, I saw that, yes, it was on Facebook. And, I mean, there was, like, 10,000 responses yeah. and the vast majority you'd see yeah this is what we need yeah this is what we need yeah this is what we need and these people have no idea what they even stand for it's no. just the fact we're not we're not republican we're not democrat we're the no labels party that's what we need well, what do they stand could you please tell me what they stand for i have no idea but it's different from both of them and that's all i care about well where do you stand on the issues i don't have any stance on the issues whatsoever in fact talking about issues bothers me it upsets me because whenever you talk the issues and people get upset about you because you have to take a side i'm for not taking a side on anything taking a side divides people what are you going to fight for everything which would be what nothing oh and they're shocked that they can't raise money uh <laughs> Imagine. The, the United States is the greatest country in the history of the world, but we do have an extreme large share of complete idiots and morons. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, imagine going to somebody's door. I'm here. We're, we're fundraising for uh, a cause. What cause? Well, we don't have a label for the cause. The no-labels cause. It's the no-labels. Well, what am I giving my money to? See, that's where the problem is. That's division. When you start asking questions, just give us the money. It's, you know, it's insane. And it's just as insane as any of the lies that the left is telling. Because when it comes down to it, they're on the left. Because a conservative who is saying... Oh, we need to stop the division, isn't a conservative. If you're a true conservative, you know you have to fight for the values you believe in every day, especially today. So you're not a conservative. That's all I need to know. Thanks for calling. <laughs> it's just insane. And it's not going to, you know, this idea of, we want to bring people together. You bring them together based on their self, all of their self-interests. Each individual has a self-interest. And as a political party, you're going to have to fight for the interests. Who's going to run? What do they believe in? What are they against? And you can't define it. It's no labels because it's nothing. And they admit it's nothing. It's nothing. But they try to admit it in a nice, positive way. If you sold empty cans the size of soda cans, 
sealed. At least it would have air. They've got nothing. By the way, I'm going to do that too. Solar-powered tanning beds, lawn chairs, for $1,500 each, starting at $1,500. Depends on the feature you want. And cans of nothing. The no the no labels cans. It's not again. They're missing the whole point. We're tired of fighting. Then get out. Yeah. Move, move to another country. You go Apparently, do something you, else you, for a living. You don't have to sit around and you. There are plenty of people that don't pay attention to anything that's going on. You can be one of those people if you choose to do that. But don't pretend that you care oh, about what's going on. That's the ultimate virtue signaling. Yeah. That I don't pay attention. I hate both parties. Yeah. And so I am going to join a party that takes a stance on nothing because I care more than you. Right. (laughs) You care about nothing. nothing. Go do nothing. You will be welcomed by many other people who are also doing nothing. And I'm a better person than you because I don't have an opinion. Yeah. On those controversial issues. Exactly. My opinion is we should meet in the middle. Yeah, right. Which means go left. Yeah, exactly. Tell me where there's compromise from anybody on the left. Because silence is violence. Questioning is violence. You can't even ask a question. Tell me how you compromise with someone like that. There is no compromise. I'm not going to quit fighting, but if you want to, you yeah. can do that. If you yeah, look, if you want to give up, give up. Yeah. Don't give up and try to virtue signal at the same time. Right. If you want out We're of the- not left or right. This is this is mm-hmm. and, and it's exactly what you heard from Joe Manchin. Well, there's probably there's a problem with both brands, the D and the R. Get out, Joe. Well, if you look at the polls, the Joe Manchin brand is probably one of the lowest this polling exactly, brands in America right now. This is right exactly <laughs> what he's being told by the constituents in his state. He thinks he's going to Kirsten Cinema his way to victory next year? No, this, it's not going to work that way. I don't know that it's going to work for her. Well, that's why I think if he just came out and said, look, here's what I don't like about the Democratic Party, this, 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 and he could pick out, pick out ten things that the majority of Republicans would agree with him, Mm. and he could say, so I'm switching to the Republican Party. I think he'd be better off doing that than saying I'm an independent because it's like, well, I don't care. I still dislike you because I believe, you know, number one, on on the things that you agreed with the president on back uh, a couple of, a year and a half ago, you were wrong. So either you were BSing or you're stupid but it, but if you have now decided I'm leaving the Democratic Party and I'm going to become a Republican, and you specify why, you may have I you might have a better chance in being an independent of getting reelected. Yeah, it would certainly I think your numbers would be better. But don't know you're going to win. I mean, but he might it's better not, than what you did he, did yesterday. Again, he might not because mm-hmm. I don't I really don't know what the path is out for Joe Manchin. Right, because he lost right. both. When you lose both sides, it's hard. But yeah, if right. you if you say, I realize, you know, I realize the error of my ways. I shouldn't have trusted the Democrats. I'm becoming a Republican. Well, 
Yeah. There will be some Republicans will say, well, maybe. Right. You realize the error of your ways, and it's a victory because we got a Democrat. Yep. So yep. I just, this whole thing where independent, I was like, yawn. Mm-hmm. He'll join the no labels party. He's becoming an independent. He'll be the first major candidate to join the no Well, that would be attractive party. to the no labels party. It would be. At least they've had, they have somebody that others are talking about. <laughs> 866 red eye Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. In order to manage speed, you need to understand the four factors involved in stopping a vehicle. Perception distance is the distance a vehicle travels from the time you see a hazard until your brain recognizes it. The perception time for an alert driver is approximately three-fourths of a second. Reaction distance is the distance a vehicle travels from the time your brain tells your foot to move from the accelerator until your foot hits the brake pedal. The average driver has a reaction time of three-fourths of a second. Brake lag distance also needs to be taken into account. When operating a vehicle with air brakes, it takes about half a second for the mechanical operation to take place. Finally, braking distance is the distance it takes a vehicle to stop once the brakes are applied. Braking distance is affected by the weight, length, and speed of the vehicle, as well as road condition. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Oh, man, are we going to have to put up with listening to her whine again? Who's that? <sighs> Kathy Griffin, the comedian. She, I guess so. She shared a Photoshop image uh, yesterday of, of uh, where was this? Is this Twitter? I can't tell. It looks like mm. Twitter. Might be Instagram. I don't know. Hmm. She uh, showed a picture of Prosecutor Jack Smith holding Trump's severed head. Yeah. Yeah. Remember what happened last time. Hmm. All she did was whine and complain. Remember how she couldn't find work again. And, yeah. 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 That she wasn't as popular as she used to well, How popular was she really? Yeah. Uh, hmm. She wasn't as popular as she used to be. Mm-hmm. and. Oh, woe is me because I decided to get into the arena of political ideas. I liked her better when her name was Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> I liked that when she was on Seinfeld, she did not have to change her personality at all. No, she really didn't. I'm wondering if it was like, okay, just let her do her thing. <laughs> And she'll irritate we have the our hell out of we'll Jerry. <laughs> let her do her thing. And it worked.
The Bonus Show. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. We had uh, earlier in the show talked about uh, the inflation numbers yesterday. We'll talk about it again here because we have some uh, uh, comment uh, just a moment, moments away, but uh, 3.2%. So uh, inflation, the inflation rate actually ticked up uh, a little bit due to, and they were having this discussion on uh, with uh, uh, Larry Kudlow on Fox Business. I keep wanting to say CNBC. Jeez. Mm. On, uh, on, uh, on, on Fox Business about the fact that the problem is the inflation, even though it's, you know, it ticked up a little bit, and even they say, okay, it's 3.2, it's not 9.1% anymore. The problem is the fact that gasoline is going up, food went up for the first time since February. It's been going down. Right. And food yeah. went back up, and rent continues to go up. And as you pointed out before, that the numbers on rent and housing costs always lag behind and sometimes significantly. So we may be seeing the result of that now. In fact, the median forecast was 3.3. And so it was under the median forecast. But that tells me a lot of the analysts were looking at some of those costs for for rent, for housing, uh, to to be adding more to uh, the, the, uh, those, those numbers. And that's what the, the, the private sector analysts, in fact, one, um, uh, builder of apartment complexes, and they own a ton of units in the U S tens of thousands and said that the costs were going up, uh, and what is being displayed in these numbers that the government gives is lagging you know, a number of months behind. And so if we're just catching up to that and these inflation numbers, then it stands to reason that it will continue to impact inflation numbers for the next, uh, possibly for the rest of the year, depending on how much of a lag they are. And what effect will China have on us? Because we have an, we always have an effect on China and China has an effect on us, mm-hmm. especially with the news that China is struggling now with deflation Hmm. they have deflation going on and on larry kudlow's show yesterday on fox business they had john cardney economist for uh, breitbart uh on uh with him and talked about the situation uh in china they're gonna have to find a way to stop that and what's going to happen is when china's economy picks up Mm -hmm. we're already at 84 dollars a barrel for oil Mm -hmm. and as you said gasoline prices headed to four dollars that's with china being very slow if China does start to stimulate its economy to fight this deflation, that's going to end up pushing the price of oil up higher, pushing the price of gasoline up higher, contributing to inflation here. But right now, I mean, it's a total deflationary story. Um, does that stuff, I mean, despite the politics and the trade barriers, we still do a lot of business with China. Sure. So if their prices are falling, David, does that bring our prices down? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I'm just no, but the answer is I, yes. I, I, I mean, we that. have a 30-year global precedent called Japan, and when they exported their deflation to the rest of the world, it put downward pressure on global growth, including the U.S. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Biden's growth rates, 1.3 percent. Summers calls it secular stagnation. It was 1.6 percent for 15 years, mm-hmm. half of our post-World War II average. That is largely deflation being exported hurts the United States. What is China going to do to stimulate to counter this? 
their deflation. They're going to try to use fiscal and monetary stimulus like every other dumb country has done in the last 50 years. <laughs> yeah, I know. It doesn't work. I like it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, you've got to do something, right? Yes. And because you can't do nothing. Well, sometimes you can't, I believe. But we're seeing the effects of what happened. That was, by the way, that was David Bonson, managing partner of uh, Bonson Group, mm. uh, along with uh, John Carney from mm. uh, from uh, Breitbart. We've seen the effects. And, you know, then you also talk about, uh, you know, what the Fed is going to do with interest rates. Uh, that is, you know, the idea is to slow things down a little bit. But if inflation is coming in hotter than uh, the inflation rate is, is going back up. It's not hotter than, than the market thought it was going to be. Again, it was below the median uh, forecast, but it doesn't matter. If it is ticking up, if the rate is going up, then the Fed, by most accounts, was already looking at more interest rate hikes, and you can bet that's going to happen. Uh, let me just play this little part of it as they continue to talk about China, because there was there was a line in there that was mm. that to me is a maybe it may be one of my favorite mm. uh, economic quotes ever. Mm. Here we go. Um, <laughs> the unemployment rate for kids in China is 21 percent, 23 percent. So I'm just asking you, John Carney, when is the revolution coming? Right. Well, if it's the coming young soon. aren't working. It's a problem. They're sure. very scared to have that many young people unemployed. And if it goes up, that's a big problem. It's like for 21 China's or 23 percent. Right. Creating enough number. jobs for the Chinese population is the number one thing the communists need to do. They're not doing it. The youth unemployment is a big problem. I think they are going to try to throw money at it. The problem is they don't understand economics at all. So they have no clue what to do. They're not Keynesians. They're they're not, they're not, you know, Friedmanites. They're not supply siders. They're communists. They really don't I'm understand what Joe Biden did. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just love that. Well, wait a minute. I, it, was he talking about young people in the U.S. or <laughs> China? <laughs> <laughs> they're not Keynesians. They're not <laughs> Friedmanites. Friedmanites, I think they means Milton Friedman. Right. Yeah. They're not Keynesians. They're not Friedmanites. They're not supply-siders. They're communists. They're communists. They really don't understand economics. <laughs> I assume he's still talking about young people in and China, the, not the U.S. Yes, and the cut, but no, but Kudlow, I didn't get to the cut from Kudlow afterwards yeah. where he said, uh, well, I thought they were like Joe Biden, the big government socialist. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, then Kearney shoots back at him. He says, I would say that Biden understands economics better than Xi. And that's saying a lot. Wow. <laughs> well, he's better than G. And then Cutler goes, oh, my God, I'm going to have to process that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. Let me yeah, see if I have yeah. that. Okay, let, that's worth, that's right. worth, let me just see. <laughs> I think I, let, let, that's worth, that is worth playing, is yeah. it not? All right, here we go. Yeah, right, sure. Big government socialists. <laughs> they, they, is that well, a little unfair? They, you know, you can say it's unfair. I would say that Biden understands economics better than Xi Jinping. Oh my god! And that's saying a lot. Oh my god! I, I'm going to have to process that. <laughs> Who needs the comedy channel? Yeah, exactly. I don't even know. I don't even know where to go with that. I'm with Kudlow on that. I, yeah.
Boy, that's a stretch. <laughs> I, I think the point he was trying to make is that that and you know China is in a and and we you know we we talked about you know what are the, what are they going to try to do to get out of it China and it's like they're going to put in massive stimulus right yeah which means you know they're going to they're going to tax more mm-hmm. they're going to borrow more mm-hmm. they may print more money mm-hmm. you know you know we had said this and you and I had said this a long long time ago when and and you you've had a number of people say it. I mean, the most recently was you know Trump that you know when when they would compliment you know tr- the Chinese and their economy, and we said well, you shouldn't be complimenting the Chinese. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may have aspects of capitalism, but they're communists, and that's a, and I think that's a solid point yeah. that he that he makes. Uh, they they understand they probably don't like it. But they understand that capitalism has helped them. But the whole point is they wish to control capitalism. Yeah. They wish to keep the reins sure. on on capitalism. And that's a huge problem. One of the biggest problems, and we said long term for China, is going to be if you are going to allow partial capitalism. Part of capitalism means people privately acquire wealth. Once they acquire wealth, they gain influence. Mm-hmm. Communists cannot allow that to happen. And neither can Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it well, is a, it, no, on many no, levels but, the mirror image. No, but if you if you look at it, it's not far from what the Democrats promote it's, here in the United isn't. States, which is it isn't. we need to get rid of billionaires because right. anybody who go and and a lot of billionaires go from nothing and be, if if you look at the modern billionaires today if you you know if you look at a Musk or you look at a uh a Jeff Bezos or you look at a um uh uh you know the uh, uh Bill Gates or whatever mm-hmm. they came from nothing and became billionaires communists don't like that because then they acquire tremendous amount of influence right and then in the in the general public when people start you know when the when the middle class you know starts moving forward think about this think about you know they they talk about the um when people acquire wealth they use it to gain influence right you know look at the trump situation right now because it just because it's been in the news well uh uh you know trump is you know so many of his donations are coming from regular people yeah but it's how that's how he's able to survive right now politically yeah. And so people take their money in in a free market society. People take their wealth and they wish to acquire influence. And you look at it across the board where the Democrats have gone. Billionaires are hurting the economy. Billionaires don't hurt the economy. They only help the economy. Right. Uh, Bill Gates becoming a billionaire helped this economy tremendously because he was the person who started out in his garage. And what did they, what did they do? Him and uh, Paul Allen. And I worked for Paul Allen. Paul Allen's company fired me. (laughs) I think we know why. (laughs) Paul Allen's company fired me. And still, I would never say that that Paul Allen becoming a billionaire was a bad thing. Because they created a product. They created wealth. 
the money that they attained represented the wealth that they created. And they created uh, yeah. tens of thousands of jobs. By the way, Paul Allen, didn't even, I don't, probably didn't even know who I was, but I worked for his broadcasting. And aside from you, they employed Section. a lot of people. Yes, except, <laughs> except for me. <laughs> you know what I do have, though? What because, do you have? Because technically I worked under the Portland Trailblazers, and I actually have my termination letter. And it says Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, and so I Your still three pointer is just really horrible. We that's what, well, I want. I want. I've never done it. I want to. I want to take it and frame it and put it in my house. And people come over. They go, "What? You played with the Portland Trailblazers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was that small white guy at the end of the bench. You know, in the right after they won the championship. You know, in the late seventies. I was there in the in the early eighties where they weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. I was that white small white guy at the end of the bench. Yeah. See, there's my termination letter right there. I'll have to cross out the dates because they don't match. But <laughs> yeah, that's nah, a typo. But but no, I mean they. But they, the wealth, the the money they earned represented the wealth they created, mm-hmm. and and so Democrats, you know, they don't like that. No, they, that's why no. you see where they're going right now. And so right. the socialist slash communist part of it, because there is a communist part too, where the Democrats are, grow, are going. And you see it in the Biden administration, which is a successful economy, is the government deciding the flow of capital and giving that capital to people that cannot make a legit product because the government is deciding that you're the product that the people should buy. Mm -hmm. And so it's not the marketplace driving it. It's bureaucrats. It's like the centralized government. And I I know people like, oh, boy, boy, that's that's boring. I don't want to hear it. But it's still the reality of how these economic systems, you know, work and how the communist system works, which means the government controls all the capital, which is, as uh, I believe it was either Kramer or Mickey said, (laughs) you know, it's it's the uh, you know, the the uh, controlling the means of production. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about. I mean, we they tend to become negative connotations if you dare to say, well, one political party is doing it, but they actually are. Mm-hmm. You can see it right now. The entire thing of investment, its in, we're investing in the economy. Biden said it yesterday. We're investing in the things that will create the new economy. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? The government shouldn't be investing in anything. What are you investing in? What did you create? What, been- idea, what idea did you come up with that you found that the public wants? From day one, it's been about nationalizing health care and energy and everything in between, controlling the capital and the means of production. So I think what Carney meant is Xi is more communist than Biden. I still have to process that. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Carley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. <laughs> he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm not so sure that China <laughs> is more communist. Is more communist than Biden? I don't know. I can't be convinced of that. 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.